Hey everyone, and welcome back to Black and Cold, a true crime podcast. I am your host, Nichelle, and I am back from a much-needed hiatus as I was gone for a little minute. So if you are a newer listener and aren't familiar, I split my time working on Black and Cold with my everyday job. So sometimes when things can get hectic at work, it may get a little difficult to put the 100% in the research and the writing. So that, among other things, is the reason for my little break. But I am back with a new case today. And first things first, if you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you may be listening from. Feel free to also drop a rating or leave a review. And if you aren't doing so already, you can follow the Instagram for this show at black underscore cold underscore podcast. And this is where you can keep up with any updates for previous episodes, as well as any updates for future episodes and any announcements that I may have. So let's jump into this episode. And today I will be telling you about the murder of Linnell Barsock. On the evening of Wednesday, June 16th, 2010, 27-year-old Lorraine Austin arrived at her friend Linnell Barsock's home in Palmdale, California. Now, Palmdale is a city about 60 miles north of Los Angeles, and it is known to be a rather safe community. But when Lorraine approached the front of her friend's home, she called out Linnell's name and was taken back when she didn't receive a response. She canvassed around the house looking for Linnell, but again, every room she went through appeared to be empty and she still wasn't getting an answer. So Lorraine decided to make her way to the garage of the home, and she would later come out and say that when she stepped inside, she slipped. Lorraine quickly realized that she slipped on what appeared to be bloody sheets, according to True Crime Daily. And as she was in shock from this, obviously, She got up and looked to the ground, and that's when she noticed her friend Linnell laying on the garage floor, unresponsive, with a plastic bag over her head. Lorraine knew it was Linnell as she recognized her toenail color, and she eventually pulled the bag back from her face. She then checked to see if Linnell had a pulse, but she didn't. She learned that her friend was in fact dead. Lorraine would eventually leave the home and head straight to the police station. She was covered in blood from her hands to her legs, her chest, butt, and backside. She would tell authorities about her discovery along with her suspicions. At the L.A. County Sheriff's Office, the very hysterical Lorraine let authorities know that she had just seen Linnell alive. In fact, she actually arrived to Linnell's home just a few hours before she discovered her deceased, where she was weaving her hair. But when Lorraine initially got there, Linnell and her boyfriend, Louis, began to have an argument in front of her. According to Lorraine, when she first arrived at the home, 
Lewis was in a complete rage, and he was upset that Linnell had been in communication and possibly received an additional cell phone from another man. Now, this was obviously uncomfortable for Lorraine, so this is when she decided to remove herself from the home in Palmdale, and she figured, you know, she'd come back after things with the couple calmed down. But when she returned, Lorraine told law enforcement she was just in a complete shock. She didn't think she'd find her best friend dead after literally just seeing her. As the person who reported the crime, authorities made sure they questioned and investigated Lorraine. So they searched her car as well as her purse. And strangely enough, they found two bullets in her handbag that was in her possession. But Lorraine completely gave them an explanation and law enforcement really had no reason to suspect her. Lorraine also told authorities that she had no doubt in her mind that Lewis may have been the person responsible for this. And this was because after she discovered Linnell, she heard movement from the second floor of her home. And she noticed Lewis was standing at the top of the steps where the two made eye contact with each other. And he pretty much just chased her away after that. From there, that's when Lorraine ran out of the home, jumped in her car, and made her way over to the police station. Linnell Crystal Barsock was a native of California her whole life. As the third child of five, she was described by her loved ones to be the mediator between her family members and the glue that kept everyone together. Linnell was the type of person to always be there for people in their time of need, no matter what the situation was. Growing up, she attended Crenshaw High School. She was quite shy, but still kind to others. Linnell was smart and remained an honor student from elementary school all the way to high school, according to her mother, Bobby. And this pretty much helped prepare her for her bright future. Eventually, Linnell went on to attend Cal State Long Beach, where she wanted to work in the medical field. And after working at a couple of hospitals and gaining experience, she entered a nursing program. And with time, Linnell became a licensed vocational nurse. With Linnell's job, she worked a lot of overtime. She was always busy, but she was dedicated and worked hard. A lot of her co-workers and just people she came in contact with in general admired her, and she maintained a good relationship with many people. So at some point, Linnell began dating Lewis, and after some time, the two decided to make the move to Palmdale together, about a year or so before her death. As the two were previously living in south-central Los Angeles, Palmdale was a big change for them. And on some occasions, they would even stay with Linnell's mom, Bobby, to avoid the drive if they visited L.A. But Linnell's new home she shared with her boyfriend was described to be very nice. It was a two-story home with multiple bedrooms and bathrooms. And in Linnell's case, per se, you can see that she was moving up in her career. With her new house and the new luxury items she began to buy for herself, it was clear that Linnell was on the path to success. But although this may have been the case career-wise, her relationship with Lewis faced some problems. Lewis had a history of getting jealous very often. He had a temper, and the couple argued a lot because of this. He would even stalk Linnell on many occasions, following her to places like her job. According to the TCD interview with Detective Joe Espino, 
He even ran Linnell off the road in the past. And because Lewis and Linnell had this tumultuous relationship, Linnell actually continued to keep her options open, and it was reported that she was dating another man. Now, from what I got, it seemed Linnell and Lewis kind of had one of those typical on and off situations, like one minute they were good, one minute they were bad and broken up. So I don't know if they were together while Linnell was technically talking to this other person. But like I said, it just appears from different interviews that they just had one of those back and forth type relationship situations. The L.A. County Sheriff's Office unfortunately had to break the terrible news to Linnell's family. Her mom, Bobby, spoke on Crime Stoppers case files, and she just remembers being told that her daughter was deceased, and she couldn't believe it. As an investigation began into Linnell's death, it initially looked like she suffered from blunt force trauma, per the LA Times reporting. But soon after, it came out that she was actually shot in the head. Authorities flooded the crime scene at her home. The garage area was described to be extremely bloody, but law enforcement could tell that things had been moved around by someone, and it attempted to be cleaned up. With the help of luminol, which is a chemical that lights up when blood is detected, investigators were able to tell that Linnell was probably murdered in her family room and then dragged through the other rooms of the home, hallways, and finally to the garage after. They found a pillow inside of her residence as well, which the police determined was used as a silencer so no one could hear the gunshot. They even found a cartridge from a 9mm gun. Though all of these items would eventually be tested, the strangest thing left behind in Linnell's home was a very cryptic note on her refrigerator, and it was what you would basically call a Dear John letter. The note that was signed with Linnell's name stated that she was basically leaving Lewis. Part of the letter read, quote, Dear Lewis, I am leaving you for another guy that I've been dating. And it also said, quote, Don't try to find me. It even went on to say that Lewis could stay in the new home and that the person Linnell was moving on with was making more money than him. So now there's this Dear John letter, in addition to the information Lorraine had provided about Lewis. Also, Linnell's loved ones gave law enforcement a rundown of what her relationship was like with him. So with all of this, the police knew Lewis was the person they wanted to speak with. Now, he wasn't hiding when the investigators went looking for him, and they say it didn't even take that long to catch up to him. However, when he was questioned, he kind of tried to give the police the impression that him and Linnell were just fine. But this wasn't convincing to authorities. As I said, they already heard from many of the people in Linnell's life about her relationship with him. So eventually, Lewis was taken into custody, and things just continued to not look so good for him. According to Detective Espino, who investigated this case, he had an odd scratch on the left side of his neck. And his brother actually came out and stated that in the recent days, Lewis was looking up flights to Miami. Detectives figured he was going to eventually escape the U.S. as a whole and head back to his native country of Haiti. But as he was detained, Lewis maintained his innocence and he kept telling law enforcement they needed to catch the real murderer because he was not the person they were looking for. The circumstantial evidence seemed obvious that Lewis had motive to harm Linnell 
but there was nothing physical at this point tying him to her death. So as detectives continued to investigate Lewis, they also got an alibi from him. Lewis said he was buying parts for his car, nowhere near Palmdale. So authorities searched his truck, and they found something that would shift the whole investigation. So Lewis had multiple receipts in his vehicle. He had one from AutoZone in addition to another auto parts store. And they showed that he was in fact in Los Angeles at the time the murder would have taken place. But just to get complete confirmation, because maybe Lewis could have loaned his car to someone, detectives checked surveillance footage from these businesses. And the videos clearly showed Lewis at these locations during these times. Remember, LA is around 60 miles or so away from Palmdale. So law enforcement knew there was no way Lewis could have committed this crime. His phone records also later confirmed these whereabouts. Lewis was released from custody, which attention then shifted to the other man Linnell was dating. But after some time, he too was cleared as a suspect or persons of interest as well. So now kind of back at square one, authorities turned more attention to Linnell's personal life. They already ruled out two of the men that were in her life, but with the help of her phone history, they learned there was someone else Linnell was involved with. As the investigation continued, it came out that Linnell was into women, and she may have been bisexual or bicurious. The police learned that she also had a sexual relationship with her best friend, Lorraine Austin. Through text messages, authorities knew the two women were intimate with each other in the past, but after only a few weeks, Linnell didn't want their relationship to go any further, and she ended things with Lorraine. She actually told her that she wanted to concentrate on her relationship with Lewis and get back with him. Lorraine wasn't the happiest person about that. Now, attention was turned back to her, and the police actually tried to get Lorraine to do a polygraph exam, and she agreed, but she never showed up to take it. So who was Lorraine Austin? For one, Linnell's family members had no idea who she was. On the day of the murder, Lorraine was the first person at the police station. And when Linnell's family later showed up, she stressed to Bobby and the rest of Linnell's loved ones that she was indeed her best friend of about 10 years or so, and that she knew her from Crenshaw High School. But Bobby had never heard of or seen Lorraine before, and she was familiar with, you know, her daughter's close friends that she had growing up, so this was already odd in her eyes. Lorraine gave many people the impression that she knew Linnell for years, but that simply was not the case. Lewis already knew some facts about her, and he was under the impression that she and Linnell were friends, and Lorraine would just do her hair at times. The two actually met on Craigslist, initially befriending one another. But it seems with time, Linnell and Lorraine's friendship grew into something more. They did not know each other that long before Linnell's murder. According to the LA Times, the two met in May of 2010. And after only a few weeks or so of knowing one another, Lorraine was not happy that Linnell broke things off with her and that she wanted to be with Lewis. 
as Lorraine appeared to have wanted something more with her. When Linnell's family were made known that Lorraine was the one who possibly committed this crime against their loved one, they had no words. When Linnell's mother and brother Jerome met with the officers at the station the day of her death, not only did they see Lorraine for the first time in their lives, but they both told Crime Stoppers case files that Lorraine actually gave them both a hug and her condolences, even as she still had Linnell's blood on her. The investigation also revealed that Lorraine was looking up ways to pass a lie detector test. Law enforcement now had a real motive for Lorraine, and once DNA results came back, that just proved their thoughts even more. So there were bloody gloves left behind at the crime scene where Linnell was discovered, and the DNA on them came back as a match to Lorraine. Her fingerprints were also found on a plastic gray container at the crime scene, which put her there. Ballistics would eventually come back, and the LA Times reported that the model of the gun used to kill Linnell matched a model of a gun Lorraine had registered to her name. However, I haven't found any reports saying that the firearm actually used in the murder was ever found by investigators. After a forensic writing analysis team studied that Dear John letter that was found written to Lewis, they were able to determine that Linnell did not write that note and that Lorraine actually forged it and she put it there in order to throw authorities off and shift the blame to Linnell's boyfriend, who many people knew she had quite a volatile relationship with. Detective Espino and Detective Kenny stated in a couple of interviews that the bullet went into Linnell downward at around a 45-degree angle exiting her nose. So this prompted them to develop a theory. Authorities believe Linnell was actually getting her hair done, which was the purpose of Lorraine coming over. And because she was standing behind her and probably standing up as Linnell was sitting, Police feel this is when Lorraine grabbed a pillow, put the gun up to it in order to minimize the sound, and that is when she shot Linnell in the back of the head. It is suspected by law enforcement that not only did Lorraine want something more with Linnell, but she also wanted to benefit from the life that she lived. At the time the two women met, Lorraine was not as successful as Linnell. Linnell had this stable career path, She brought a new home, new appliances, and the police feel on top of anger and just feeling played, jealousy was a motive behind all of this. A rolled up rug, which was found near Linnell's body in the garage, inside it, authorities found weaving needles, which helped them solidify their theory. Detectives believe that after Linnell was shot, Lorraine attempted to drag her to the car that was parked in the garage but she struggled or maybe panicked or changed her mind. And from there, this is when she tried to frame Linnell's on and off boyfriend, Lewis, writing that letter that was left on the fridge. Now, after suspicion on Lorraine grew and authorities had enough evidence against her, a warrant was put out for her arrest by March in 2011. But when the police went to look for her, homegirl was nowhere to be found. She eventually was shown on a segment of America's Most Wanted in December of 2011, and after the airing of that very popular show, 
a tip finally came in, and it would take a total of 18 months for an arrest to finally be made. On January 25, 2012, Lorraine Austin was finally arrested in Central America on the island of Belize, where she was going by the name Crystal. Officers with the Belize Police Department and the FBI worked together to capture her, and when they did, she was described to be very reserved and shy. In a portion from her interview on True Crime Daily, Lorraine didn't even seem phased. When asked about why she was in Belize, she said she was on vacation. Ultimately, she did not confess or admit to anything. However, she was not happy that the media made her out to look like a moocher. Lorraine was eventually extradited back to the United States, where she pled not guilty. On August 13, 2015, just a little over five years after the murder of Linnell Barsock, the then 33-year-old Lorraine Austin was found guilty and convicted of first-degree murder. She was sentenced to two consecutive 25-year sentences or 50 years in prison. <laughs> 